Hi, Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the least of these podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Amen. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's a beautiful song, one of my favorites. And because he lives, we can uh, enjoy life and realize that it's going to be okay. And so we're going to be back in the book of John today, and I think uh, last week we finished up at the end of verse 3 of John chapter 1, and uh, so remember this book is about seven key signs, uh, seven miracles with a message, and the whole reason John wrote this book was he says, these things have I written, what's these things, these signs I've written about that you might have believed that Jesus is the Christ and believing you might have life in his name. And so we talked about in verse 1 that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God, he always has been, he always will be. Uh, he came to earth, we'll talk more about that later, in a human body, that's verse 14. But he was there always. And he is the one that John is writing about. And he says in verse 2 that he was in the beginning with God. If we didn't get it, that he was in the beginning in verse 1. He wants us to, he repeats it for emphasis. And then last week we talked about in verse 3 that he said, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And so Jesus created it all. We talked a little bit about the food chain and about the amazing way this earth works and our bodies work or they don't work as well nowadays but but our bodies and all this earth the way it all works together is amazing and so today we want to be in verse 4 and I want to read verse 4 and 5 and then we'll see how far we get but it says in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So in him was life, and the light, that life was the light of men. John uses the word life about 36 times, but it really means spiritual and eternal life imparted as a gift through belief in Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, basically, Jesus gives us physical life, right, because he created us. But remember in the Garden of Eden what happened? Adam and Eve sinned. And uh, God told Adam and Eve, says, In the moment that you eat of the fruit, you shall die. Now they didn't die physically right away, but what they did was die spiritually. And from that point on, everyone in this world that's ever been born, ever has been born, ever will be born, from that point on, the way we have eternal life, the way we continue, the way we get that spiritual life back is through Jesus Christ. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. That, we remember when Jesus talks about light, or when John talks about light in the Bible, light always stands for goodness and righteousness and holiness and purity and uh, truth. And so, when they talk about darkness, darkness speaks of evil and unrighteousness and unholiness and error. So, uh, basically what John's saying here was in him was life, spiritual life, and that life was the 
the light of men. It shows us the way to live because when Jesus was here, everything he did and said was good, right? I mean, at the end of his life, Pilate said, I can find nothing wrong with him. I see that he has done nothing wrong. And I'm washing my hands of this whole business of crucifying because Pilate said he knew that they had delivered him up because of envy. That Jesus had done no wrong. He's called life and light because he himself is life and light. And he gives them to his creatures, which is us, at his pleasure. You know, Jesus, while he was in this world, he said, I am the what? Light of the world, right? We'll talk about that later a little bit more. But then he said, you know, he gives us light. And light really is showing us the way to live. You know, if, if, if you don't have a light on, I guess maybe some of y'all figured out your rooms by now. But if you turn the light off or if you're in total darkness, it's kind of hard to get around, right? But when God turns on the light, He shows us the way to live. He shows us how we're supposed to live. He shows us the truth. He shows us the way things ought to be. But yet many people don't respond to the light. And he says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. For some reason or another, when we talk to people, and I know when we come in here and sing songs, and we praise the Lord, and you know, and we enjoy listening to Scripture, uh, or reading Scripture, or doing things that are godly, you know, a lot of people just don't understand that. They don't comprehend that. And they don't understand that because, you know, they, they haven't gotten that spiritual life from Jesus Christ. And so they don't understand why we like to do what we like to do. You know, I love to sing to the Lord. And I love to praise God. And I love to read His Word and hear His Word preached and taught. Some people just don't get that. I remember a guy a long time ago. I go out to the jails too and the prisons, some of them. And... And I went out to one of the places and the guy was out there and we were all clapping and singing and having a good time and praising the Lord, you know, singing the songs. And the guy was just looking at us like, what is wrong with y'all people? And he was just kind of laughing at us and like thinking, there's something wrong with y'all people. You know, y'all are sitting here singing and having a good time. His idea of a good time was going out and partying or whatever he did. And I don't know why he was in the service. But after a while, he got up under the Word of God and he got convicted and he got saved. And before he left out of there, he was trying to help us sing and get on key and do all these things because we used to have a piano player at the place and, and he got moved to another facility. And when he got moved, it was kind of hard. You ever tried to sing without music? I don't sing very well anyway, but a lot of these, you know, especially, I don't know if it's men or what, but we were in there, a bunch of men trying to sing, and we sound like a bunch of hound dogs howling at the moon, you know, and it was pretty bad, so, but once you trust Christ, you know, all of a sudden that you understand why people go to church, you understand why people like to praise the Lord, but it says that the darkness doesn't understand it, in other words, the unsaved people don't understand why we do what we do. They don't understand. Why are you wasting your time going to church? I mean, I've heard it said about Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates is the great computer guy, right? Created a, a software giant, Microsoft Corporation, that just about everybody's computer runs off. And uh, 
And he says, why would I waste my time going to church when I could go to the office and get something done? That's what he says. You know, and, and that's the mentality of the world is they'd rather be playing golf or going to the beach or doing something instead of spending time with God. But the bottom line is, is the Bible says we were created to enjoy life and to fear God and praise Him forever and to enjoy Him. And so, but the, but the people that aren't saved, they just don't understand that. And it also, this word could also mean overcome. You know, the darkness a lot of times, people that are not saved, they don't like us and they don't want to hear some of the things we have to say. And they, you know, when we say something about God or whatever, they get kind of nasty about it and they, they just don't want to hear about it and they try to, uh, Push, but you know the Bible says that God's people will always win out. That the darkness will never win. Remember we finished up the book of 1 John chapter 5 and it said, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so if we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that means we're an overcomer. That means that God lives in us and through us. And so if he lives in us and through us, guess what, then that means that the world cannot overcome us. The world cannot ultimately get over on us because God is ultimately in control. So let's move into verse 6 then. He says, we're going to talk about the forerunner of Christ in verses 6 through 8. Maybe we can get through verses 6 through 8. We'll see. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness to bear witness of the light that that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. So here's the forerunner of Christ. The forerunner is basically somebody that goes before somebody, right? In the old days, a forerunner was the guy that jumped off the ship and he would swim to shore with a... uh, rope or a small thin rope and he would pull it up to the dock and uh, they would grab hold of that rope and they would uh, wrap it around something and they would start slowly winching that boat into the harbor and that was what a forerunner is and they would pull that boat safely into the harbor and by using that rope and so that forerunner was the one that went ahead and so that's what John the Baptist is. And that's, you know, remember this book is written by John, but that's John the Apostle John. But he's going to start talking about John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist is that uh, strange fellow in the Bible that we talk about that lived out in the desert and he ate honey and locusts and, uh, and he uh, wore a camel hair coat. I don't know if he just wore that at night or what. I know it gets pretty cold in the desert at night, but uh, it gets pretty hot in the desert too. So he wore a camel hair coat. And so th- this man was John the Baptist, and he, he, he began the end of 400 years of silence. Because, see, up until the end of the book of Malachi, at that point, God had quit speaking through his prophets. And so John the Baptist is the last of the old great prophets, the last of the Old Testament prophets. And he was actually the cousin of Jesus. 
And he was born about six months before Jesus was. Remember in the book of Matthew where it talks about, uh, you know, Mary, she's, she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And John the Baptist leaps in the womb of Mary because he's in the presence of Jesus the Savior. And if you remember, uh, his uh, father was the one that went into the temple and God told him, says, you're going to have a, a son and his name is, you need to call him John. And the father didn't believe God. And he questioned God and God struck him dumb. He couldn't speak until that baby was born. And God told uh, Elizabeth to name that baby John. When the relatives asked, well, what's his name? Elizabeth said, John. And they were like, John? Because back in those days, I don't know today, we seem to name kids. Maybe I don't know how y'all name y'all's children. But most people today, they kind of like, well, they like a particular name or it's a popular name and they like the way it sounds or maybe they name it after a movie star or some other person. But, but back in those days, the names had significance. The names had meaning and they would name them usually after the father or after, you know, somebody in the family because it was important that that child be named rightly. And so what, at that point, John's father, he was couldn't speak. But at that moment, they said, "Well, what about what about you? What do you say his name is?" And then God opened his mouth and he said, "His name is John." And he spoke, and they were like, "What, John? You don't have anybody in the family named John?" And the and the father says, "His name is John." Here's John the Baptist. He he begins a ministry. And he's basically the one that announces Christ. He's the one that tells the world that Christ is coming. And he, he begins a ministry where he tells people to come back to God. Because for 400 years, there had been no word from God. There had been no revelation. There had been no scripture written. And during that period of time, there was only darkness. And then John comes in and says, look, y'all need to get your lives straight because Jesus is coming. And so his message was just the same one that Jesus began. He said, repent because Jesus is coming. Repent and be baptized because you need to be forgiven for your sins. He says this man was sent from God. He was a messenger from God. God picked this man. God chose this man. And he said for him to go out and tell others about Jesus. And he said this man came as a witness to bear witness of the light. Now that word witness is really the bear wit as a witness and the bear witness is really one of those terms that, you know, really speaks about the fact that it was courtroom language. You know, when you go to court, what do they do? They tell you to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and and they make you swear on the Bible. Well basically this is one of the many witnesses that's going to be in the book of John is going to tell us Jesus is coming and Jesus is God in human flesh. And so he says this man came as a witness to bear witness of the light. He came to bear witness of the truth, the light, and that all through him might believe. See, John was just a messenger boy. John was just a messenger boy. He was, like we said before, he was just a newspaper boy. What does the newspaper boy do? 
He gives out the papers, right? He throws them out in the yards and he says, or he stands on the corner and he says, read all about it. You know, and here's the headline. And Jesus is the headline and we're just the newspaper boys and the newspaper girls. We're to tell others about Jesus. And that's what John was doing. And he was telling people that all through him might believe. Now that word believe in the book of John is not a word that just means I believe that Jesus existed or I believe about him or I believe in him. But John uses this word in a sense that, that we should believe that Jesus is Christ, that we should ask God to forgive us, we should ask God to save us, and based on that belief that it's a lifestyle. From that point on, we live differently. It's a way of life. You know, so many people say, well, you know, you can trust Christ, or I can just believe He existed and I can get into heaven. But the Bible says that you must believe in who He is, and by asking Him to, to forgive you and save you because of what He's done, then you will live a life that's different for the rest of your life. You won't ever be perfect. I won't ever be perfect. But our lives will be different. And he says he was not that light. John wasn't the light. John wasn't the one that was to give the truth and, the, and send out, tell people how to get saved or to save them actually. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. So we'll quit right there today. But just remember that John was a very important man. Even though, you know, he was just a witness. And our lives are important, every single one of us. And, you know, I, I remember some of the folks you know, and I don't know where you're at in your stage of your life, but I know sometimes folks, as they get older, they just, they're like, well, you know, I don't understand why God still has me around. As long as you're here, God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. And maybe it's to tell others about Jesus, or maybe it's just to pray for other people. Maybe it's just to... Uh, become more like Him. But just remember, as, but we're here until God's through with us. And when God gets through with us, then He'll bring us on home to be with Him in heaven if we belong to Him. But as long as we're here, we need to be obedient to what God wants us to do. And that's what John the Baptist was doing. You know, we don't have to do a whole lot sometimes, but all we have to do is live our life and let people see that we're different. All we have to do is maybe be friendly to the neighbor next door. Maybe we just can pray for them or talk to them or, you know, all those things. But everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. And so don't ever think that we're useless. Everybody can be used by God in some way, shape, or form. Let's look at the last song. We're going to sing number 43 to close today. Love Lifted Me. When nothing else would help, love lifted me. Number 43.
Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Some are locked up in bodies that don't work and in the nursing home facility, in the wheelchair, the bed they cannot get out of. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems or their parents. They aren't doing right and their cries we want to have a real family. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up in the jail and the prison, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression and suicidal thoughts and a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us life and to set us free and these folks are not free but we can set them free through Christ Jesus at least in their minds and their spirits. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia and surrounding Effingham and Chatham. We do about 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you'll support us in some way so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the donate now button. And we hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you.